welcome to It's Covered the Insurance Podcast, because if you think that insurance is boring, then you are not doing it properly. Oh. Hi, Mel. Mel, how are you? It's good. And yourself? Still sitting in the dark. Yeah, it hasn't come on yet, the uh, electricity, so it's been a week. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a week. We're down to our last biscuit. <laughs> Rationing. Probably going to turn to cannibalism at just any moment. I caught a couple of rats yeah. in the back, uh, you know, just in case. We'll have to eat them. Uh, so if you listened to last week, you know that uh, that our electricity went out of the office. And if you listen to us regularly, you know that we normally we normally try to get a couple episodes in, recorded at the same time. Right. You know, once we have everything set up and all that. And uh, and uh, and so you know, the audio on this episode is not is not up to the normal quality. But we still thought it was actually fairly good, good enough, good enough for you for to just really half ass <laughs> this whole ordeal. <laughs> For you, um, this is what we think of you. <laughs> you are so important that we cannot miss a week. So regardless, we're better than the post office. The well, I'm dating myself. Do they still say that? No matter rain, sleet, snow, they'll still deliver. Oh, I, I don't know. Ah. I, I remember Newman's response to that in. In uh, Seinfeld? <laughs> oh, oh, Newman. Yeah, Newman oh, okay. on Seinfeld. No, no. Uh, I was thinking Norm. He he was he was trying to get a transfer to Hawaii, and and like, I, I think this was the, this episode. Um, uh, but Jerry was helping him. But but it came about that it was raining. I don't, I'm not sure if I got the right episode, but I know this part. It, it was raining, and and uh, and and they were saying like, "Why aren't you delivering the mail? It's raining. I don't deliver the mail when it's raining." And well, what about what about the the, the thing? You know, and, you know, neither sleet nor hail or, or wind. He goes, I'm not big on creeds. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. So yes, we are we are better podcasters than Newman is a mailman. That's right. I think that's a safe thing to say because we have a creed. You will <laughs> never miss an episode. Even uh, even if the electricities are off. Even That's if right. we're down to our last rat, <laughs> we'll That's be right. here. Oh well. So, um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about a topic that we deal with a lot. A lot. Yes. It's it 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 normally stems from people having no clue the way insurance works. Right. That's right. At all. Which is not a knock on them. It's just. I wish they would admit it. Well, and, that, and that, that's the real problem. Is like, is, is I don't expect most people to know how insurance works. Right. Because it's, it's overly complicated. It's very dense. I mean, it's like, I mean, we've been working in this field for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I just crossed my decade anniversary in insurance last month. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, I totally got, by the way, I totally got this job in 08 because I, I, I needed a better paying job. I was about to get married. I needed a better paying job and, um, and I knew a recession was coming. So I wanted to get something that they weren't going to lay me off right away. So I thought, ah, a couple of years of insurance and I'll move myself on. And then you found out how great it was. I really did. I really did. Um, so still here today, and we'll be here tomorrow. But um, 
you know, I, it's like, it, the, despite the fact that I've been in insurance like 10 years, if you start talking to me and asking me questions about like underwriting, I have no clue. That's right. I have no clue. Um, I, I, I know in general how things work. In particular, it's just a mystery to me. And so I get it. I get it that, that people don't understand this. But a lot of times what they say, you know, when their rates go up, kind of betrays the fact that they don't know what they're talking about. But they think they do. Yes. <laughs> so we want to chat a little bit about things that make rates go up. And, you know, and it's like, and the, like the cynical view that a lot of people say is, oh, it's just to make the stockholders happy. Right. And in, in a lot of cases, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, the stockholders are expecting a return on their investment. But I'll have to say, you know, it's like, um, you know, to, two of the best companies here in Texas and I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to give out their their names, but you know, just comparing the two of them, one being, uh, you know, a, a public company with stockholders, and one being a privately owned company. Um, the privately owned companies, homeowners around here, is more expensive, uh, and uh, and the uh, the uh, the the autos tend to be about the same. So that's not it. You know, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of want to cynically just kind of lump that. That's our thing, you know. It's just the greed of stockholders. We can't, we can't necessarily do that. And, and so things are a little bit more complicated. Um, so, uh, Mel, you suggested this topic, so explain everything. Well, now, go. It starts back during... Two people named Adam and Eve. <laughs> and it stems from there. Okay, we, we had kind of a long introduction okay. for us to be going back five All right, years. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll skip some years. <laughs> so, a good way to make money is stop the places you're hemorrhaging money and losing money. Mm-hmm. And insurance, that is in fraud. No, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or in paying out things that you should never have paid out on. Yeah. Whenever they raise their prices, it's not just because they're greedy. Or if if they're losing money and people are stealing things or not going through self-checkout and try getting away with money, they're going to try to stop that. And then they're going to compensate by adjusting prices um, so uh, they don't keep losing money. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with insurance. Companies are going to do that. They're going to adjust rates to compensate for fraud. Sure, yeah. And I, I think that's that's one of the big areas. There are other areas, but that's one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, raising rates um, could also be not just fraud, but a car manufacturer... They're designing their vehicles to be self-sustaining mobile devices. So if they can put cameras in your car, fix the crumple zones in your car to where um, uh, you're, you're safer. 
So the lights just went back on, and the radio that's sitting right beside her head just turned on in the middle of a sentence. Yes. I like that song. So. <laughs> yeah. That was a cure, by the way. Everybody needs more of the cure in their life. Yes. So uh, these manufacturers, they're making uh, uh, stronger cars uh, that look better, that look nice, more appealing, more technology in them. Yeah. And they don't care how much insurance companies have to pay out to <laughs> fix those vehicles when they crash. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. If they're gonna, if 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 they ha- if they're gonna find a, if they have a spot that they can put a sensor, yes, they're gonna stick it there. Yeah. And when a crash happens, now we now now it's now it's just not just hey let's let's replace this chrome Toyota symbol. That's right. It's replaced the chrome Toyota symbol that has a sensor in it. Exactly, and uh, replace the sensor because. That sensor just released the airbag. And the airbag does not fold back into place and just snap the door shut for the next time you get in action. It does if you're creative. You need some duct tape. Yes, I heard that they do that somewhere in the bayou. <laughs> but uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen it myself. Right, right. Well... <laughs> oh, well. So, um, so, so yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that's, that's a huge driver is... Essentially, the cost of repair. Yes. Vehicles, particularly vehicles, are getting more and more expensive to repair. Exactly. Uh, and a- another factor is claim uh, the number of auto claims has been going up. And this, I mean, and this has been a shock to the industry. Yeah. Because we had like a five or six year trend where the number of accidents were actually going down. And then about 2015, they shot through the roof. And there's a lot, you know, it, we don't need to go into all the details on why that is, but you know, insurance companies had it good for a long time because it's like, hey, we're not paying for as many accidents this year as we did last year. And we actually have more policies. This is fantastic. And then all of a sudden, we get overwhelmed with claims. And, um, and so that has been the primary driver of the increases, uh, in the increases across the board. I mean, pretty much every insurance company that I've seen has had rate increases in the last few years. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the same thing on homes. You know, we've had, up until last year or so, we have been, we've had several years uh, without a really big hurricane. Mm. You know, yeah. it's like we have been dodging the bullet year after year, as in America, mm-hmm. year after year with hurricanes for 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 several years, mm. and then we had uh, we had two big ones hit. Um, uh, we had. Uh, uh, we ha- obviously, we're in Houston. You know, the one we remember uh, most clearly is Harvey. Uh, yeah. But then uh, it goes followed up immediately by Florida, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like it was really close. Yeah. I can't remember exactly when. But, um, but yeah. And so, you know, it, it's like insurance companies prepare for storms like that. 
Um, but when you have several good years, you can kind of sit back and it's like, oh, well, okay, our homeowners are doing just fine. And, and I'm not saying that there were no storms. There's, you know, there were there was hail, there was yeah. tornadoes, there were all these things. But you know, a hurricane is is one of the big things that will cost an insurance company a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, that that one a hurricane is a punch to the teeth for insurance companies. And they prepare for it. They have, you know, they have money in the reserves. It's not like they're going out of business because of these hurricanes. Right. But it is a hit. Uh, and so, you know, the, these sorts of things happened, and, and then rates come, go up. Um, but then the customer comes in. Uh, well, I haven't had an accident, Mel. That's right. Why would, why would my rates go up? Which we just talked about three things that make rates go up, and the customer comes in and says, I haven't had an accident. Right. Well, I'm not committing fraud. I, you know, that's right. My house was hot, fine during the hurricane. That's right. Uh, so my rates should, if anything, should be going down. And, that's right. And I think they think that there's like this pile of money that has their name on it. Like every time we get their premiums, we just we kind of throw put it in an envelope and put their name on it. Well, put this was, in Mr. Johnson's envelope. This is his monthly premium. I was thinking of like a, like a really big vault, and there's just like piles of money, with yeah. like 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 this cartoon sign sticking out of it, you know that we've jammed in there, and it's like you know Bob Smith, and and it's just and it's just you know just kind of sitting there. Like if the AC goes on, then all the ones will scatter, but so we can't have AC in there. You know? That's right. <laughs> and um and so we're just we're just holding that for him, which is what he calls in for when he gets into an accident and exactly. he calls in and says yeah um, I'm calling in uh, to, so you can go in the back and get my money right yeah, yeah. And, and and by the way Bob Smith if he gets a policy and like has an accident a month later he's not thinking that there's only like a $50 bill sitting there yeah exactly I was in an accident but don't worry I, I've only paid uh a couple of premiums, so I, right. I, I'm just going to take care of this myself. Yeah, I know. There's just not that much money in my reserve. <laughs> That's right. Um, and so, you know, I, I know I knew that was a risk going in. Yeah. Uh, that's not the way we think when there's an accident. That's right. When there's an accident, then we have a very clear understanding of pooling risk. Yes. That we get a group of people, mm-hmm. spread the risk across all of them, and... I'm the one that had the accident this month, so everybody's paying for my repair. Right. But when it's not my repair, it's like, why am I paying for somebody else's repair? <laughs> Which is how insurance works. Exactly how insurance works, yes. And that and that's one of the things that's like, you know, that that people uh and I want to say that they don't understand how insurance works, but it but it, it does seem like they're totally okay with the way insurance works. Yeah. If they're the ones that are in an accident. Right. Uh, or if, or if you know, if, if the number of claims have gone down, mm-hmm. and we take a rate decrease, right? They're not saying, well, I know everybody, you know, the number of claims went down, but I did have a claim, so don't take, don't take that decrease on my behalf. I want to keep paying because I did not contribute to that good fortune. That's right. So they do seem to understand in those cir- circumstances. Most of the people, if you lower your rates, they think you had an epiphany and you realized just how greedy you've been 
and now you're giving some of that money back. Right, yes. You should have. Well, I'm, I hope you feel better because you <laughs> sh- it's about time. It is, yes, it is about time. Which isn't the case. Right. And, uh, you know, we also get those people who are like, you know, uh, we explain the, the cost of repair going up, and, and he's like, well, I'm driving a 86 Ford. Yes. I don't have any sensors in my vehicle. It's like, well, yeah, but when you slam into that 2018 Camry, that's right. We're gonna have to still pay for the sensors. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, and this is this is where you can actually try it. I think this stuff is interesting. You can see like how um, how with different cars the liability coverages will be more expensive and the collision coverage will be less expensive Mm -hmm. and then vice versa. Like the Uh, the safer the vehicle is, the liability goes down, but the collision goes up. Why? Well, because the collision is going to pay for my car and my car has all the sensors in it, you know, (laughs) but I'm probably not going to hit someone else. I'm less likely to hit somebody else because of all the safety features. Um, And then the, the, the 86 Ford is going to be paying almost nothing for a collision, but the liability will be higher. Yeah, and so the, it's it's it's. I think it's kind of cool that that you know you can actually see how this is built in. And if if a customer is really interested, and most of them aren't, they just they want to complain, right? But um, but if they are really interested, you can you can actually show them. It's like look how low this line is. This is the line that's going to fix your car. That line is low because your car is cheap. Yes, and rusty. And I'm pretty sure you dropped a muffler a mile or so back. <laughs> oh, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can you can do a uh, Kelly Blue Book or even j- just look up the price of a new Ford F-150. Nobody yeah. thinks those are luxury vehicles. That is like the American standard half-ton pickup. F one fifty. Everybody oh. knows what that is. If you, I, I dare you, I dare you, <laughs> to sell, tell some of the cowboys around here that the Ford they have is a, is a luxury class vehicle. Exactly. And you will be punched in the nose. <laughs> exactly. And then when you go and you start putting it together and you find out you can get an F one fifty in the range of seventy to eighty thousand dollars. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's going to cost a lot to repair. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and you know, and, and and as you get into the to, to the the higher luxury lines where they have, you know, specialized parts that, oh, yeah. you know, all, it, that we have to order from, you know, some Eskimo that hand makes it. That's uh, right. Only for, you know from 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 a forge heated by the, the heat of a dying star. That no and, local. Uh, shops carry right. Yes. That uh, you know that Eskimo has this stock, and he will not trust anybody else with it, and will ship it to you if you need it. Yes, and we <laughs> literally need Thor to hold open the lens so that it will get hot enough. We have to pay him for that. You know, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it, I, and. And we laugh because we've seen parts like that, you know. Yeah. That it's like, uh, uh, oh my goodness, the, like the luxury uh, windshields and stuff. Yes. That have sensors in them or heads-up displays and and stuff like that. And you're like a simple glass 
you know, windshield replacement. Yes. Already suddenly goes into the thousands of dollars. That everybody takes for granted is the windshield, yeah. it seems like, replacement. And a, a quick story. I used to own a Saturn SL. Mm-hmm. I had my Saturn, um, and where I was living, we had a big storm, um, lots of hail, cracked a lot of windshields. Everybody was running dent repair specials and windshield replacement specials. Yeah. So everybody knew somebody who could hook you up if they can't get in your car, because everywhere, I think this was in Minnesota, everybody had damaged vehicles. Right, yeah. So everybody is saying, uh, call this gentleman. He'll hook you up. It'll be no no cost to you if you had insurance, or if you uh, if you didn't have insurance, hundred bucks. He'll have you in and out in a day. So um, at the time, uh, I don't think I had insurance, or I was getting rid of the vehicle. So I went to uh, get an estimate on what it would cost to replace my windshield. And that's when I found out that my Saturn windshield was going to cost a few hundred dollars, like um, uh, in the range of uh, six to eight hundred dollars mm. to replace, which was nowhere near what anybody else was paying. And then I found out that one of the things that Saturn did was not license out its windshields to other people who can make windshields. Yeah. So everybody else did, Chevy and uh, Ford sure. and even BMW. You could buy uh, aftermarket windshields. Yeah. But for Saturn, which was an inexpensive car, you couldn't. So um, little things like that that people just don't know. I didn't know. Oh, yeah, a lot of people don't know. I, I, and we've gotten into arguments with people about using... Uh, OEM windshields or windows mm. versus aftermarket windows on a lot of these things. And what people don't know about glass, Ford does not make glass. <laughs> Chevy don't make glass. That's right. They get the, they, they, they order them in bulk yes. from the same manufacturers that do, do the aftermarket thing. That's right. Except there's a little Ford symbol stamped on them, and that's what makes them OEM. That's right. And so, you know, and, and there's a, there's a lot of debate about the aftermarket versus OEM, you know, parts thing, and and you know, I have my own opinions on that, that are very definite. But uh, there's a lot of debate on that. But when it comes to glass, it's there are there are comp- you know there are manufacturers that don't do it that way, but most of them are not making their glass. Most of them are ordering it from the same place that the insurance company's ordering it from. It just doesn't have the little the little etch symbol in the corner. That's right. And and yet people are going to, and people here, you know, it's like aftermarket parts. Oh, those are not trustworthy. <laughs> They're not trustworthy. You've got to, you know, have to have OEM everything. It's like, That's you just want that little Ford symbol etched in the side and you're going to pay, you know, an extra 400 for that. And they're like, no, you're going to pay an extra 400 for that. And like, yes, that's why we don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so, so there's, there's more things that affect the price right there, and it just yeah. it, even uh, uh, the the parts you know just the aftermarket and the you know and the OEM, and again it we haven't even gotten to 
the accidents, like like you like you were saying, the guy that comes in and says, "Well, I haven't had an accident," um, but that same guy um, also comes in and says, "Well, my son is just turned seventeen or sixteen, and he has a license." Mm-hmm. And why is it so much? Why are the rates so high? Yeah. You're you're stifling his start to adulthood. Yeah, it's not our job to 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 set him on that road, you know, toward that's adulthood. Right. That's that's, that's right. really a parent's duty. That's right. Uh, but you know, and, and this it's a funny thing about statistics. The way I always describe statistics is that they're they're never right, but they're always right. Yes. You know, you can never find someone that perfectly fits the statistic. Yeah. But statistically, they're like the statistic. Statistically speaking, your 16-year-old boy is a moron. Yes. Statistically speaking, he's a hothead. He likes to drive fast. He's a know-it-all. He thinks he's better than everybody else. And that he should be able to drive 90 miles per hour through your neighborhood. Now, that might be not be your son. But it is. <laughs> That's right. And it is not my job in insurance to go have a chat with your son to see if he's on the straight and narrow or if he's an asshole. Yeah. We're just going to assume he's an asshole because statistically speaking, he is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I, I mean, growing up, I don't know anyone that followed all the rules of the road um, when they were growing up. And we just had an episode about, we still don't, like the speed limit. Exactly. We the speed limit. <laughs> Nobody but, does. But, we, but I mean, we, we're experienced enough on the road, we can control our vehicle quite well. Right. And Your 16-year-old um, <laughs> Yes, it does not. And uh, with him being 16, um, it's going to cause your rates to go up. Yeah. And your individual rates to go up. And when insurance companies start having a lot of that happening, well, everyone's rates start to go up. Right. Well, and, that, and it's like, um, you know, the conversation, we just had this conversation just the other day. You know, his grandpa, got his grandkids on the policy, says they all live with him. I know how big that house is, and it's probably pretty crowded. Yep. All those people in cars there. And uh, when we call him out on it, you know, it's just like he gets a little defensive, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm just trying to help my grandkids out and all and, and all this stuff. It's like, well, we're not rate you know, because you're lying to us. Yes. We're not rating these this family properly, and if we're not rating these this family prop properly, then. Other people are having to pick up the, the other people in that pool are having to pick up the slack. That's right. And we see that, and, and, and we were both in claims when we kind of had a crackdown on on um, uh, insur- insurable interest. And it took a lot of agents by surprise that, um, you know, and the old habit was just, uh, you know, when claims caught, caught, Somebody doing that stuff is like, ah, I caught you. All right, now let's let's 
let's fix your policy. Yeah. And yeah, they sat down with it. It's like figured out how much money they're losing on that and decided to crack down and actually follow what the policy says. Actually follow what the law says. And start denying the claims because they should be denied. Because you're not insuring things properly that way. Took a lot of agents by surprise. Um, I mean, we warned them, but <laughs> it took a lot of agents by surprise. It's like, well, you know, you know, in the in the past, we've always kind of, you know, kind of ah, good, you know, ah, good job catching me. All right, now we'll, we'll fix it for next time. Yeah. Um, but that's not that's not proper, and and that's putting additional weight on everybody else. So, part of that, part in that, getting the rate. Uh, one of the things that that really needs to happen, and one of the things that underwriting spends a lot of time working on, is getting the right rate for the right person. Yeah. This is this is so critical, because if 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 you are if you are rated too low for what you actually should be rated, then somebody is rated too high. And that's while that's a while that's a good thing for you and saving you some money, it's not a good thing for that person. And so uh, you know the the effort the the big effort now, especially with all the technology we have, the ability we have to 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 really narrow down our our rating system, yeah. you know, down as close to the individual person as possible. You know, part of that is is um, is trying to get the, the 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 proper rate for good drivers, so that they're not carrying as much weight of that pool, since they're probably not going to be in an accident as the people who are who are very likely to have have a claim in the near future. Uh, should be carrying the, in that pool. So, um, yeah, and a part of the answer, you know, and, and we just we just had one of these the other day is there wasn't necessarily an accident or anything. It's just, you know, we're, we've been refining our rating process and that's been good news for a lot of people. And somebody called up and it was bad news for him. Um, but... It was it was it was it was much more accurately reflected uh, of of the way he actually drives, yeah. And so, um, that's that's unfortunately part of the answer is like you know, hey, I didn't have an accident, but you're probably gonna, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. they, 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 yeah. Insurance companies are, are going to rate you on the likelihood that you're going to have an accident. Right? Are you? Um, more likely or less likely to have an accident. Yeah. Um, if you if you are more likely, then you're asking the insurance company to put their money when put their money where it needs to go when it's more than likely you're going to have an accident before you've been with the company for a year. You may have a couple of accidents in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you will probably leave the company before they can recoup what right, they yeah. paid out. Well, yeah. And part of, part of that goal is, you know, uh, insurance companies want typically want better drivers yes and they want to reward better drivers yes so like when car insurance first started 
I mean, the, the, the car insurance form was really like, what's your name, what's your address, how many cars you have? And you there was a rate, yes. and you multiplied the number of cars by that rate. So you have two cars, and the rate is 50 bucks. All right, give me $100. You know, there's no underwriting. We just mail that form in once we're done with it. Which is burned into the psyche of every person on the planet, it seems like. Oh, my goodness. The people who are like, you know, what do you need my name for? Just give me, I just want, I just want a good insurance quote. That's it. You don't need any information. Just tell yeah, me. Just, yeah, just what are you me. offering? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. and they get, they get, when we get sarcastic with them, they get mad. Yeah. Whatever I feel like, okay, uh, how's 42 bucks a month? There you. <laughs> oh, really? Great. Yeah. Okay. So we need a we need your personal information so we can confirm that estimate. Yeah. You know, we need to make sure <laughs> that 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 price is for you, John Doe, that's uh, married and uh, has no younger kids, right. and uh, you're uh, uh, you know have taken every safety course. Oh, that's not you. Then. Right, That's never mind. It's going to be a little higher. You know? It's going to be a little higher. And then they hang up on us. But they weren't yeah. serious buyers anyway, so. Yeah. I'm so what, once, I'm they, once they become your customer and you're talking with them, it's a good thing to educate them. Because they're going to bring up prices, industry prices, and it's going to be in a context a lot lighter than anger. Um, you're 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 going to come across a time where you're talking with them, just going over their policy, calling up, saying uh, when they call in and say, "Hey, um, I haven't uh, uh, gotten my um, uh, insurance cards." When you're just talking with them, just ask them how things are going. Kind of let them know a little bit about what you do, the the insurance industry. They'll start talking and just kind of. Laying the groundwork just in case they have an accident, yeah. and uh, they don't just go off because right. you raised my rates or something. Well, and, that, and that's yeah, that, that's a really good. That, I mean, that's a really good practice because, I mean, when people are pissed about rates, is the absolute worst time to sit them down and have a conversation about the way insurance <laughs> works, and see it's quite logical that we doubled your rate. You know, it's 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 really best for everyone. That's so, right. <laughs> I hope I have satisfactorily answered all your questions, sir. Is there anything else I can do for you? That'd be cash or check or. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you know, if if the the uh, the more the more customers know about insurance, and I and I don't mean like every detail of underwriting. Right. But I'm just saying, if they know something about their coverages, they're going to be better off in a claim. And they're not going to be as susceptible of just really having a bad experience because a lot of the bad experiences just happen when they don't know what to expect and they're expecting something different than they get. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same thing with, with, with the, the rates. You know, if, if they have some expectation of what's going to happen and why it's happening a certain way, you know, they're less likely to get angry about it. And so um, that you know that's that's always a good thing. You know, it, it is really tough because we we if you're listening to this podcast, then you're interested in insurance. You like this stuff, uh, like we do. Yeah. Um, but you know, most people don't. And so you know, but as one of the points of this podcast is 
thinking through ways that we can have these conversations better. Uh, but we do not have time to deal with that today. Ah, so that's all right because uh, when you're talking about insurance, there will be another time. There will be yes, and now we have electricity back, so yes, uh, we'll be able to hook up the microphones and everything next time. It'll be very exciting. <laughs> so, uh, Melfa, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks uh, for uh, having me. And thank you, dear listener, for, for joining us as well. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, please, please, please. We're, we're, uh, we put our, our Facebook group, uh, private Facebook group, in the show notes. Please uh, jump in and join us there. We are um, we're, we're trying to build a, a community where people can safely ask questions and get advice from one another and, and help one another out. And so... Please do that, um, and we'll get more, more discussion in there. It'll be a lot of fun. So thanks again, and we will catch you next week.